Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The West Steps. And this week we have Riley um, talking to us. Hey, Beza. Hi. Um, we're going to talk about the state budget and what that's, that process is like, what's yep. been happening at, state, at the state capitol this week and last week. So can you give us an overview of the process and walk us through what's been happening over at the state legislature? Yeah. So these last couple of weeks, we are doing the long bill. The long bill is the uh, appropriations bill. It's the budget for the 2019-2020 fiscal year. So in Colorado, we don't use a typical calendar year for our budgetary process. We use a fiscal year, which runs from July 1st to July 1st of the next year. So we always are writing a budget for 1920, and then the next one will be 2021. So it kind of stretches over that you know, both year points. Um, but really, you know, even though we're doing the long bill these last couple weeks, this is about a budget that's a year in the making. Um, so I used to work for the Department of Human Services. I was their lobbyist for a few years. And so I found out firsthand that the budget process actually starts for the next year in about April, May. So right now, even though the legislature is working on trying to finalize the 1920 budget, the department's and the governor's office is probably already talking about the 2021 budget. Wow. Uh, so, you know, already thinking about a full year ahead. So what they do is the budget uh, starts getting set by the departments internally. So different programs. So let's say in human services, child welfare is now thinking through what do we need the next year? Um, economic security is thinking, what do we need the next year? And this is for all departments, you know, healthcare policy, um, public health, corrections, education. They're thinking now. So they're starting to put their requests in. Those are filtered up. They'll get edited. They'll get battered around between about now and July. Mm -hmm. And then what they'll do is they'll start to prioritize. They'll start to figure out how much can we actually afford. So the governor's team is really working on submitting his budget between like July and November. Mm -hmm. And our constitution in, in our state of Colorado says that the governor needs to submit um, to the state legislature a, a budget proposal, a balanced budget proposal every November one. So last year Hickenlooper uh, on his way out still had to present a budget for the next year that he wouldn't even be in office for. He had to present something to the legislature so the legislature looks at that budget in November, and then they start having hearings with the departments to go over all of their requests to find out where they're falling short, where they need more money, uh, where they need less money even sometimes, where can there be new programs or new requests. So the Joint Budget Committee or the JBC is meeting uh, between when that governor's budget is proposed to about um, mid-March to set the budgets for all these departments. So to and, give you an, and who's the at the joint budget joint budget committee? It's a great question. So the joint budget committee is a bipartisan committee, six members. They're a very powerful committee in our state because they control the entire state budget, which is more than thirty billion dollars. Wow, more than thirty billion dollars. It's amazing how big our budget is. That's insane. It is. Um, so there, there's a six-member committee, and it's evenly split between both chambers. So you have three uh, three representatives and three senators. But who controls the Joint Budget Committee is dependent on who controls the legislature. So the last few years, um, it's been split between Democrats and Republicans because Republicans controlled the Senate. So they got to have two people from the Senate um, and then one Democrat from the Senate. And then when the House controls the House, when the Democrats control the House, I should say, mm -hmm. they get to have two have members and then, and then one, one Repub minority Republican. Right. But this year, because the Dems control both the House and Senate, they get a majority on the Joint Budget Committee as well. 
So now there are four Democrats to only two Republican votes. I see. So, um, which means that, elections you know, have consequences. elections do have consequences, right? That's yeah. a great way to put it. Majorities yeah. matter. Yeah. So when you want to set the priorities for a state right now, those priorities are leaning more democratic because the Democrats are, are in control. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they are setting these budgets, right? They're listening to the departments. They have analysts that dig into the numbers for every single department to see if the requests are worthy, to see if they need more money or less money or more personnel. And so between about, you know, like I said, all the way from November to mid-March, they're working on setting or writing this long bill, mm-hmm. this budget bill. Um, and then once they finally set it, the whole rest of the legislature, the other 94 members get to see it and get to start working on it and voting on it and trying to change different things. And that's what we've been doing for the last two weeks. The Joint Budget Committee set the long bill. It's literally called the long bill because it's very long. There's, <laughs> I thought it was like an acronym very for the longest time, I like right? It. I was like, what does long bill stand for? <laughs> it's just that it's long. It's it's silly. Um, so they finalized the long bill right around the beginning of April. They introduced it uh, last week to the Senate. And now it's treated like a regular bill. It goes through a committee process. It is amended. And then it's passed through both chambers. So last week we called it Long Bill Week in the Senate. So the Senate heard it in committee and then they debated it and they can offer amendments to change the Long Bill, to shift funds from one priority to another. Um, Last week the senators offered 43 amendments to the Long Bill. Um, 11 made it on. So uh, different ones for some family planning ones that we were supportive of. Um, other, you know, shifting funds around for like opioid prevention bills um, were were on the docket and a lot failed that we opposed. So, like, you know, sometimes people try to run amendments to cut like census funding. We were opposed to that because we're big <laughs> proponents of the census. We right? like the data. We, like the data. <laughs> we would want the best data. So we were opposed to that and that one didn't make it on. Mm-hmm. So they debated it last week. Usually it's a marathon debate. Like it goes for hours and hours and hours. But the Senate this last year, this last week, only debated it for like three hours. Wow. They got through That's all 43. New. Yes. <laughs> so new. I was all prepared with my snacks to stay like <laughs> late like hours. Until o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I told my wife, I was like, don't expect me home for dinner. <laughs> Go to bed before me. And then I'm like strolling in at like six. Like, hey, uh, how you doing? You know, yeah, we changed. Yes. Right. She's all shocked to see me. But um, so that was good for, for us. But. So the Senate approved it, and then the Senate passes the long bill. I think the biggest thing that people were watching in the Senate last week is there was an amendment made it on to provide $106 million for transportation. Hmm. Now, you have to do a balanced budget, so you can't just add more money, right? It has yeah, to come from no somewhere. Yeah, there's no more money. Right. Yeah. So they've already made it balanced. So basically what the amendment says is that the Joint Budget Committee or the governor's office needs to find – $106 million to cut from somewhere to go to transportation. This and is a, the legislators don't suggest where it should be cut from. It, that's exactly right, Beza. So this is a Republican-backed Senate. The minority basically said, you guys need to get this amendment on or we're going to filibuster the bill. We're going to use parliamentary procedural moves to delay the long bill. 
uh, which is a big deal. You cannot do. It's literally the one thing that the legislature is constitutionally bound to do is to pass a balanced budget. Mm -hmm. They have to pass this bill every year. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't think it's ever not been passed. And so I I think the state of Colorado, what would we do? Oh, my gosh. be chaos. Um, But so the Republicans, you know, played hardball. Mm -hmm. And so we need to get this amendment on. Um, or else we're going to block the bill. And mm-hmm. so an agreement was struck to allow this $106 million for transportation to get on. Now, the question is, where where do you cut from? Mm-hmm. Do you cut from health care? Do you cut from education? Do you cut from full-day kindergarten, which we don't want to see? Of course not. You know, do you cut from higher ed? Where do you cut? And that's been the question over this last week, is everyone's wondering, how are they going to do this? And quite frankly, I don't think anyone really has the best idea yet or at least Mm -hmm. it hasn't been made public Mm -hmm. so the the bill did pass out of the senate um it passed with only six no votes which for a long bill that's being written by democrats right democrats have the majority yeah Yeah. to have only six no votes come from republicans when they are almost half the chamber it's a pretty big deal i think it's a testament to that deal that was struck for that 106 million dollars So now this is where it gets kind of funky, right? Because then it has to go over to the House. You have to pass the same bill out of the House. But the House isn't going to agree with all these amendments that made it on. They have their own priorities. They want to see different things funded themselves. Mm -hmm. So what you do is it's kind of maybe silly. Is you send the bill over to the House and you strip off every amendment that made it on in the Senate. So you go back to the original long bill from the Joint Budget Committee. It's like a time machine. You Mm -hmm. basically start from scratch again. (laughs) You don't start from scratch. You start from the from bill that was introduced, non-amended. So basically the House doesn't have to deal with 106 right now. The other amendments that made it on, they're starting with a clean long bill. Okay. And then today, in about a couple hours, we found out the House is going to offer 89 amendments to the long bill, <laughs> which makes sense, right? If they're twice as big you know, as the Senate, they do about you know yeah. twice as many amendments, but 89 <laughs> amendments <laughs> – and there, it has a bunch of everything in there. There's some stuff that is concerning, like, you know, there's things that amendments that are being run to cut census funding. There's multiple amendments to cut from the census. We're going to oppose those amendments. Mm-hmm. There's multiple amendments to cut um, that from the Healthy Kids Colorado survey, a survey that we need the data from. We need it's more like some people just don't like data. Don't like that, right? <laughs> they don't, you know, it's a controversial survey. I yeah. get that. But they're they're trying to cut from the Healthy Kids Colorado survey. They're and try- this is the survey that tells us how kids are doing yes. from mental health to suicide prevention to Correct. sexual health. Correct. So it's a very important survey. Right. You know, are are you eating nutritiously? Yeah. Are you re- are you wearing your seatbelt? Right. Yeah. We're trying to see how kids are doing um, in a in a scientifically you know distributed survey. Yeah. Right. It's a valuable survey, and we mm-hmm. get a lot of great information. A lot of our kids count data books information comes directly from the survey yeah and that's how we were able to see the spike in teen suicides right. for the past couple of years Correct. and the recent work around mental health yep. is driven by that so this is a very substantial right. information right so that's on there there's amendment to cut from family planning services to cut like lark and title 10 funding mm-hmm. which is concerning to us yeah um and so but these are amendments though that are so everyone knows they're being run by the by the minority party. They're being run by the Republicans. And not that this is a partisan discussion at all for us because the children's campaign is very, um, you know, bipartisan or nonpartisan even. Mm-hmm. But you also can look at the political tea leaves mm-hmm. and see that 
if amendments are being run just by Republicans or the minority party to cut certain programs, there's just really no chance that they're going to make it onto the long bill. Because the ma- the majority of the House is Democrat. Correct. That's exactly right. So while we will make sure that um, you know partners in the legislature have the information they need to combat, combat these you know, kind of what we would view as bad amendments. I don't think that there's a tremendous fear that they're, that we're going to see a cut to family planning dollars. I don't want everyone listening. We're not going <laughs> to see a cut to family planning dollars. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see a cut to the census funding. I don't think we're going to see a cut to healthy well, kids, healthy you know, kids. or anything like that, which is great. But the one thing that is on everyone's mind, we have to go back to $106 million amendment. Mm-hmm. Are the House Republicans going to use parliamentary procedural rules to delay the long bill in the House? That would be detrimental. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a long debate already. There's 89 amendments. My wife's not expecting me home for dinner tonight, <laughs> tonight. right? She's yeah, not. Yeah, you only get one yes, of these yes. per long bill right. per year. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, I'm, we're planning to be here through, through the late night, all the way to midnight if yeah. we need to. So, um, the one thing that was this $106 million amendment, and it looks like when we're looking through the amendments being offered, there is a compromise on the table to do something to put more money into transportation, which is needed in the state. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have crumbling roads and bridges. Mm-hmm. But what the amendment looks like it says it will do is make sure that things like higher education and education, K-12 education, aren't cut, which is good for us, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're worried about full-day kindergarten. We want that money to stay into the budget. Mm-hmm. I know Bill's been on this show talking that there's $185 million set aside to fund kindergarten fully next year. Mm-hmm. The good thing is we don't see a single amendment to cut from that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's only a finite pie yeah. of dollars that needs to get, you know, divvied up. Yeah. So we're watching every single one of these 89 amendments to see how they actually end up. Mm-hmm. So I'll be over. I brought snacks this time. <laughs> be over at the Capitol, ready. Ready, ready to go, <laughs> watching the, the long bill. So to finish up the process, the House will offer all these amendments today. I don't know how many will make it on. Let's say 20 to 40 of them make it on because there are a lot being run by Democrats as well. And then what they do is the um, they kind of take what was passed in the House and they take what was passed in the Senate. And the Joint Budget Committee comes back, all six members, and they figure out what amendments they should keep and which ones they should reject. So the long bill will be amended. Right. It's not going to go back to the very original form again. There will be certain things added on. Like we want to see a footnote added on or an amendment added on to make sure that there's an increase in family planning dollars. Mm-hmm. We anticipate that to make it on, which mm-hmm. will be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Joint Budget Committee will go next week. They'll meet. They'll hash out all these different amendments that made it on or didn't. And then they'll say, OK, here's the compromise we've reached. We need to pass a long bill now. We need to get it signed into law. So they'll pass it probably late next week or early the week after, and it'll be sent to the governor's desk, and then that'll be the budget starting July 1. And gosh, was that just a couple, three months away? Wow. So we're, we are actively budgeting for three months away Boy. from now, which also seems, seems odd. seems very unsustainable. Like, it feels like it's a year-long process, and you get it in just like three months before. You get it in three months before. You get it in just three months before. It's odd, but the majority of the legislators see the budget for two days. That is. Right? Because it's been at the JBC. It's been. For months. Yeah. yeah away the, from them for the months. And it's those six members, those six joint budget committee, JBC members. It's those six that have been working on this. The other 94 can can have input. They can say what are priorities. They get updates on it. But they're not actively writing the budget. They're in their 
other committees. They're writing their own bills. Mm -hmm. You know, they're roaming the halls of the Capitol. And it's these two weeks that really the legislature gets to see the long bill Mm -hmm. uh, kind of sometimes for the first time, which is also a little counterintuitive, right? You would think they would be super involved in it, but that's just the process that this state has adopted. Yeah. And we write a budget every year. Mm -hmm. um, And it's the one thing we have to do. Other states do it completely different. Different. Yeah. Other states write budgets for every two years or do like a shortened session to write one budget and then do a long session a few months later. It's This is a very Colorado unique way of doing yeah. things. I mean, I think with the complicated conversation about, you know, the forecast of the um, revenue that's coming yeah. in with our complicated tax laws around Tabor, yep. um, I think it, it kind of is like the best case scenario out of the, you know, not so great situation. Right. So it kind of makes sense. And you talked a little bit about this um earlier on about the type of amendments that get to go on these um, budgeting bills. And I think, you know, we have these statement amendments where people are making known what their values are and we've been watching them. And you mentioned the um, Healthy Kids Colorado survey, the census and full day kindergarten. Um, Can you talk through some of those amendments in terms of the children's campaign priorities and what that means if say, um, you know, the, now the the joint budget committee has to come up with $106 million to figure it out. So what, what does that mean for the priorities? Yeah. So we have a lot of priorities, right? We, we work on a lot of issues for child wellbeing. Um, In the past, we've always been strong supporters of funding the healthy kids Colorado survey. Um, and so I think it does kind of show an ideological difference, right? There are um, some who have a, you know, kind of a way of thinking or philosophical approach that the Healthy Kids Colorado survey shouldn't be a tool of government. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be asking kids, how, you know, how they're doing in mental health or nutrition or sexual, you know, well-being. Um, but we do believe that mm-hmm. we we need that data. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to do is we're going to fight those amendments here today. We're going to tell the Joint Budget Committee that we don't support those amendments. And we're going to present our case for why that data is is needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, going back to what you said about the $106 million, that money has to come from somewhere. And it's great that it maybe looks like that it's not going to come from higher ed or K-12 education. That's fantastic. We would agree with that. But is it going to come from Does it come health? from somewhere else? Yeah, health? exactly. Public health? Mm-hmm. Does it come from corrections? Does mm-hmm. it come from regulatory, you know, work? Does yeah. it come from a whole host of areas, human services? Mm-hmm. I think that's what's concerning. Um, and that's where we need to be a strong voice to say we understand that roads and bridges are needed. Of mm-hmm. course it's needed for an economy to thrive, for a state to thrive, for our cities and counties to thrive, of course. But, you know, at, at the expense of what else? Sometimes it's that question. And that's... That is, you know, the job of the legislature to figure out. And it's our job to make sure that the kids perspective and the family perspective and voice is not lost there. Absolutely. And I think um, the one thing to keep in mind is that kids need a lot of things, Mm -hmm. including safe roads and safe bridges. But I think kids, we don't have to pit kids priorities against each other. Kids need a lot to grow healthy and happy and be able to be a productive member of society. And I think that it's the legislature's task to figure out the best way to fund the the state so that kids can get, you know, uh, early quality child 
childcare and quality K to 12 education yep. and higher ed and, you know, have affordable health insurance. So I think, I think the line that we always use is they get to sit in those big comfy cushy chairs mm-hmm. and make those decisions. Exactly. Right. And they, and, and they have to make those decisions. Um, what, what we hope to do is to say, these are the priorities we hope you adopt. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So just to wrap up, I think, um, now that in the next two, three weeks, we probably will have a, a state budget. Yeah. The governor we better. will sign. We better. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, and, and, but that still, that still leaves a couple of weeks before the legislative session gets wrapped up. It's all wrapped up, yeah. Yeah. So can you talk us through what is still to come and what are the um, the main policies and yeah. issues that still kind of need the governor's signature? Yeah, definitely. So we are three-fourths of the way through the, the legislative session. Flying by. Flying by. We have a month left. We end wow. on... May 3rd, uh, Friday, May 3rd this year. So a lot of our priorities that we're working on are still in the process. Um, The good thing is uh, just this week we had one of our top priority bills that we're supporting uh, make its way through both chambers and has been sent to the governor's desk. This is the bill that provides a dental benefit to pregnant individuals who are on the CHIP Plus program. Excellent. It's great. We know there's a hundred, nine hundred, you know, pregnant moms about every year that don't have the dental benefit, don't get dental coverage, and we know that that has long-lasting effects on on kids yeah. um, and on newborns. We can, you know, we know that that is, um, you know, a big deal for a lot of families. Mm-hmm. So we're glad to see that that bill passed. It passed through the entire legislature with only one no vote. Wow. So 99 people voted in oh favor for God. it. Oh, my God. That is so exciting. That's Very like excited. as good as you can get. Yep. Yeah. So we're working with the Dental Association on it and All Kids Covered. And our own Aaron Miller has done a very fantastic job in helping to get the language right on the bill and to make sure that the advocates were lined up to support it. So that has been sent to the governor's office, and we can expect that to be signed into law here very soon. Uh, so that's very exciting. Our other bills are, are making their way. So, I mean, the one we've mentioned the most probably is around full-day kindergarten. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't we, know. I've never heard yeah, of Yeah, we that. never What's that <laughs> happening this year, right? Um, so yesterday we had our advocacy day. Um, we had a bunch of advocates, about 75 advocates, come down to the Capitol and go and meet with legislators to explain why full-day kindergarten is important to them and the benefits it would bring to their families and communities. Our advocates did fantastic. Mm-hmm. They really did. They jumped right in there with the legislators. A lot of cute babies. A lot of cute babies. They were showing. We had a great press event with the governor. So full-day kindergarten, the first hearing for that bill is going to be on April 9th in the House Education Committee down here at the Capitol. So that's just next Tuesday at 1.30 we encourage folks to come down. It's going to be in the big, huge committee room that holds hundreds of people. Uh, so come down and see how full-day kindergarten is going to get funded this year. We're really excited. Uh, we have all these co-sponsors on the bill. We have like 39 co-sponsors in the House and 17 in the Senate. Wow. So this thing is going to pass this year. Like yeah. Knock on wood still. Knock on wood still. Um, but, but it's going to pass. It's going to pass. And we're going to get full-day kindergarten done universe. this year. Yes. <laughs> Um, And then there are other priorities we're still working on. We're still working on um, our early childhood educator tax credit. We know that uh, child care workers in particular are not paid enough, paid about $12 an hour on average. And that's hard to compete when Amazon is paying $15 an hour. Mm -hmm. But these people are taking care of our most vulnerable little kids. Yeah, We want to give them a pay raise. We should pay them a little bit more than the minimum wage. Um, So we're working on a bill to get some more money in their pockets. Mm -hmm. 
We're working on a bill that Aaron spoke about on this podcast around maternal mortality and maternal deaths, um, which has been a really proud bill for us to work on. I believe that passed unanimously out of its first committee. So it still needs to get funded and appropriate uh, money towards it. But we anticipate that'll that'll pass this session still. We're still working on policies to make sure kids have access to healthy, nutritious lunches at schools. Um, Another policy we talked about. On this yeah, podcast. we talked about, right, we talked about re- the reduced price lunches, mm-hmm. right? So I think that that's going to be a, a top priority for us as well. Once again, that costs money, and yeah. that depends how these amendments go today, right? Mm-hmm. How much money is left over to fund some of these other bills? Mm-hmm. And then just a few last things we're working on have to do with um, – Child care shortages throughout the state. We're trying to develop a strategic action plan to make sure that we have more family child care homes. Mm-hmm. So people who open up their own residences to take care of kids and infants, mm-hmm. we want them to thrive and be successful. And right now, there's just not enough in the state. And a lot are closing because of different regulatory burdens, because of the expense, because of the cost. And so we're working on a bill to put together a plan to make sure we can get more child care in our state. So I think those that's a handful of the policies that are still making their way through that the children's campaign is really involved with. And then you have some of the bigger ones, right? The, some of the ones that are catching, you know, more attention in the news, right? Um, thinking about like the paid family leave bill, mm-hmm. right? That still has a little way to go in the legislature, right? It's hitting some hurdles, especially with the business community. Um, but it sounds like a lot of amendments are going to be offered. So we're still watching the paid family leave bill. We're still watching the equal pay for equal works bill. And we're still watching a number of bills to help with, like, opioid prevention and school behavioral health. You know, we have 120 days to really move very fast and try to get a lot of bills done. But it's all dependent on this budget. This long bill is the key bill. It's the one thing they have to do, but it informs all the rest of their work. And there's not enough money left over after the long bill. Some of these priorities might not get funded or might need to wait a year. But that's when, once again, we need to step in and say, what are your priorities, legislature? What are your priorities, representatives and senators? We want them to be kids. Yeah. We want it to be K-12 and early childhood and health. Absolutely. Um, so all the bills that you talked about are on our website, and you yes. can read more about them anytime. Yep. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to um, reach out to us. We will be back with another episode next week. But thank you so Who's much. Who's our guest Riley. next week? Do you know yet? Not yet. <laughs> I'm number three. Right? We I've might, been on three times. Three times. Census. Thank you, Baze. I yeah, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so it. much for making the time for us. Of course. Bye. All right. Talk to you next week. <laughs>